Hi, this is Emeka and Elandris, and you're listening to the So Far Us podcast, the 30-minute podcast where we break down a trending topic, centering the discussion on the Black millennial woman's experience, and explore what it means for us by answering with, so for us, now let's break down this episode's trending topic. Is it just me or has being an adult been really ghetto since we got here? From bills to student loans to home ownership to groceries. Why were we trying to be so grown so bad? So for Alandris, I just want to say that I hate it here. How are we paying bills every month? What did they do with the money last month? Why do they need it again? Why does everything hurt? Why am I tired all the time? Where's my metabolism? Did I mention this is so ghetto? This is a method. And for me, this topic reminds me of what a group of alums told me and some other incoming freshmen before we went off to college. And they told us that the next four years of our lives would be the best years of our lives. And at the time, it probably felt like that's kind of sad. That kind of sounds like someone peaking in high school. But of course, fast forward to being in the middle of adulting and post-college and grad school, and you realize that makes a lot of sense because your years in college, for many people, not everyone, um, you know, everyone's experience is different. But for many students, you'll find that your years in college is kind of this perfect balance between the freedoms of adulthood, but like the freedoms of childhood, as in freedom from the a lot of the responsibilities that you'll have to deal with and manage when you're like full on adulting. Y'all, so here we are again. And I don't know about you, but as an adult, I'm over it. I'm over the ins and outs of having to make things work, trying to figure it out. I'm over the responsibilities of an adult. I'm over everything because you have to do it every month, like bills, like clockwork. And I feel like being an adult is so ghetto. Wouldn't you agree? Um, I would. I feel, feel like, you know, you want to be an adult because you were like, yeah, I can do what I want, when I want, and adulthood is like, no, you can't because we have these bills you have to pay us every month. We have this nine to five for most of us that you have to come in when we want you to come in to make the money to pay these bills that keep coming back every month. Um, yeah, this is so, not this not it. No, <laughs> it's not what I envisioned. It's not what I envisioned as my younger self thinking that adulting would be so much, and I feel like. Maybe it was the way that our parents probably thought like we had to just be obedient and just comply that we probably were just like rebellious and just want to do what we want. And we were just in this phase of, oh, I just want to be able to be an adult so that I can do whatever I want and nobody's going to be able to tell me nothing. And then you realize when you're an adult, you got nothing but people telling you what to do, whether it's your kids, whether it's your job, whether it's the utility companies, whether it's your, your landlord or your mortgage company, somebody is telling you what to do on a regular basis. 
And I think that has misconstrued the idea of what we believed adulting to be. So um, I just want to know, like, what are some hardships that you believe that Black millennial women face regularly when it comes to adulting? I mean, the idea to choose adulting over childhood, choosing your nine to five over going to school every day, like, <laughs> that's just like, what are you even thinking? Like, but um, yeah, just work as a Black millennial woman. We talked about that on other episodes, kind of the experiences that we as Black women in particular face um, in the workspace, right? Yes. So just an added stressor to add on top of the fact that I be here nine to five or more every day. So basically most of my life I'm working, right? Yes. Um, but so- Most of our life is working. Yeah. Right. Oh, Jesus. Isn't it true? <laughs> at least five days a week. And then most of the day of those five days a week, right? Um, and trying to balance that with keeping up with what you see on social media mm. because you only see the highlights. Um, so that's probably something um, in particular you need to like millennials and younger generations, um, so much activity on social media uh, with things like Instagram and kind of these expectations of what life should like at your age, whether you're in your 20s or 30s, um, for some of us, I guess, going into early 40s, we'll still be millennial. I don't, yeah. I'm not 100% sure, but I know I'm close enough that I assume, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so there's that added pressure as it, being an adult and just managing life doesn't have its own pressure by itself. Yeah. Right, right. And like, so I'm glad you brought up balance because that's one of my hardships. Um, like trying to find a balance between being a good person, being a good wife, being a good mom, uh, being a good friend. Like I remember when you were choosing your friend, it was, can I share your crayons? Can, can we color a picture together? And it was just so <laughs> simple making friends. Um, or if you like somebody, I like you, you like me, check yes or no. <laughs> so it was, it was very simple. And I think things are so complicated and it's hard to find these balances of wanting to have a decent social life, wanting to find a balance between making more money, which goes into another hardship of mine, which is financial stability. As millennials, mm -hmm. we have so much student loan debt. We don't have the... Um, the wealth to go into buying homes the way that boomers and Gen X had. We don't have um, the the same playing field that they had. And it's just, it's always boggling my mind when you hear some of the older generation saying that we're lazy or we're too sensitive, but it's like, we don't have that freedom. Like you look at the cost of colleges and how much it costs to attend back then when they were in college. Like my mom told me she owed like $5,000 for college. I was like, I wish, I wish. Right. That's not even my like, master's degree. <laughs> Biden talking about, yeah, like 10,000. Like, 
you can keep that 10,000. Come and talk to me. Right. <laughs> You're going to forgive a real amount of student loan debt because 10,000 really, that's really not going to do much for my particular situation. But yeah, right. I, I'm sure there's well, maybe that's all they have. Good for them. Good for them. Right. Because yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's not even like with a bachelor's and a master's, it is not given what it was supposed to give. <laughs> it's yeah. not giving the financial backing. Like when we were coming up, we were told, oh, you go to college, you get this job, you'll be making six figures. If you have your degree, you'll be able to buy a house, you'll have a car, you'll be able to take care of a family. Of and we were also told student loan debt is good debt. Yes. And it's like literally not. <laughs> it's not, not good debt. It's the it's same type of debt. It's the same. It feels like it. it yes, it like is. The same type of debt. Um, it feels like it's still hindering some of us from getting a house. It feels like, yeah. Looking back, I'm sure some of us would have made some different choices in regard to student loan debt and how much you take out and how you use it. Yeah. Right. And like, I wish like things that I'm looking into for my son now is dual enrollment. Now he's so far away away from Mm -hmm. dual enrollment times, but that's something that I'm looking at early to see how much the cost is going to be. What is it like for him to probably get certified in something to have a job so that he can have the money to pay for school and of course will help. Um, But being a millennial parent, we don't have the same kind of money that some of the older generations had to send certain people to school, uh, send their children to school. Like I, I forgot somebody uh, said that you should just take out a loan of $25,000 from your parents. I forgot what politician <laughs> said that. I was like, but we're talking from the black woman millennial experience, correct? Right. Because I mean, what student, what uh, loan was I going to take from my parents? Exactly. Or for most of us, what? <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, And on top of that, a lot of us do have, you know, multiple degrees, most educated group um, in the country. And that goes back to what you talked about before, you know, kind of this, if you go to college, then basically that's supposed to set you up. And it was supposed to set us up for something that's probably different than what we feel like we've received at this point in our lives. And again, because of that belief and also being told, like we talked about before, student loan debt is a good debt, Um, that there was this expectation, like it's fine because you're going to create this standard of living for yourself where that won't really, you know, matter. It won't be an issue. Right. Um, And, and And in the meantime, you have issues like they're also talking about well you're not having enough children and it's like okay so when you're having children are you providing the are you providing the the stability and the wages and the opportunity for us to have children so like you and I were chatting and I mentioned how much daycare is for five days versus three days and it's a lot it's a lot of money and most millennials don't have that kind of money so we're being yelled at for not having enough children or not having children at all. And then we're being yelled at because we're asking for additional help, such as livable wages, which shouldn't be so wild, um, to actually help raise our children. So it's 
And speaking of livable wages, let's not forget about um, the wage gap faced by Black women. So yeah. we're not even getting paid what we should be getting paid. Like they're giving some groups more money than us for the same job. So beyond livable wages, some of us are getting even less than what other people are getting for the same job. And then just to throw some numbers out, it looks like um, Black women hold more student debt than other groups, averaging about $38,800 for federal undergraduate loans. And then if they have a graduate degree, the average increases to 58252 Sounds about right. <laughs> Sounds about right where I'm at. And I just, it is just so hard. It is just so hard when I talk to um, other black women who are millennials and they're just trying to figure out a way to buy a home, buy a vehicle they need, uh, find the right job that helps pay, uh, dealing with uh, entrepreneurship in a time of inflation, uh, dealing with parenting, um, and trying to find quality health, uh, childcare. Um, and then another one of the hardships that I wanted to talk about was health. Like when it comes to mm -hmm. adulting, our health is just, the metabolism isn't doing what it used to do. Let's just start there. Like the Nor are the joints. Not the Because the, the back pain. I think back to that episode of Living Single when Kyle turned 30 and then his back went out. And at the time, I was like, that's so funny. And 30 seemed like so old because I'm pretty sure I was like in elementary or something. But right. yeah, that's for real. Like, where yes. did that come from? Yeah. Like, I remember my 30th birthday. I was so excited. I was like, wow, I'm 30. And then I sat up on the side of the bed. And then like my knees started clicking. And I was like... <laughs> I was like, so it's for real. This is what happens when you hit 30. <laughs> they start clicking. You got to take your fish oil pills. You got to take your multivitamins. <laughs> it's like, oof, we need constant reminders. Did you take your vitamins today? Because, and this is for y'all listening. Please make sure you drink your water and take your vitamins. Please do, because <laughs> it's clicking. It's clicking. But what isn't clicking is the fact that we are still having issues with um, health care services. And as we grow older, when it comes to dealing with um, breast cancer, when it comes to mortality rates when having children, this is for you, Bill Cassidy. You cannot erase Black women to make your numbers look right. Black women are facing mortality rates when it comes to giving birth to children. And they're... And, the lack of resources that we get in our communities when we are trying to take care of ourselves is horrendous. And I wish, I wish to God that we had universal health care to where everybody would be taken care of and that would just alleviate so much. But unfortunately, we live in the great country of the United States of America where it's get it how you live or die trying. <laughs> right where we face not only some of the most expensive um health care but also we don't even have great health care results like americans in general 
compared to other um, countries. Our results uh, and outcomes in healthcare are poor and it certainly does not equate to how much we have to spend on it um, and access to it. And of course, then when we look at Black people in particular, it's even worse. But overall, bad for everyone. Um, but that's part of adulting because that's not something you really often have to think about as a child but as you get older and now you're managing your own health care and you're trying to stay healthy um but it's not accessible it's not affordable and even if you do access it the quality right. is not there um the way that we're treated like pain management for uh, black people um respect and um decision making and things of that nature and then you're managing it not only for yourself but once you have children trying to protect your children trying to advocate for yourself yeah right it's it's it, it's troublesome and it's not like you said this is something like when it comes to our health we didn't really I know in our community, we don't really talk about health services. Like we don't like to think about our mortality. We don't like to think about uh, our hardships, like going to the doctor, taking care of different ailments, because most of the time we don't have the money for it. We don't have the access okay. to the good doctors, like you said. And it's now becoming more of an awareness thing, whereas our community knows we need to be taking care of ourselves a lot better. But as a millennial, it's like that part of adulting is like one more thing that's added on top of having to be responsible for. And right. don't get me wrong. I know we all have our own responsibilities, but it's like you're always having to be responsible as a black woman in this country. Like you don't have that, that time to just let go. Like you're so busy being strong. You're so busy being... Um, the go-to person to fix everything. So you're constantly having to be an adult. Even in young teenage years, you have young uh, girls who are uh, probably the first child and they're having to help raise their siblings and they get experience with adulthood very early. And when you finally do become an adult, it just it, it just takes over on a new level because it's like it's not what you expected it's it's not like nobody really prepared you for the other issues that we don't talk about like how to balance taking care of your mental health taking care of your physical health taking care of your spiritual health and trying to stay sane in all of it like how are right. we one of the biggest questions i have is how do we stay sane with all of this happening, how how is it that we have managed to survive to this point as adults? Like I don't, I really don't know how we got here besides grandma praying. But um, it's it's a hard, it's a it's a hard thing to even ponder on, like how we get through every day, which leads to my my next question. Why do you think it appears to be harder for us than our parents' generation? Do you think uh, Gen X and boomers didn't have, don't have the same hardships as we do? Is it a different style of hardships or, or because um, of the development and innovation of everything, 
do you think it's more taxing on us? I, hmm. I mean, for one thing, if we're talking about how we viewed adulthood when we weren't adults, obviously um, we weren't, most of us, you know, we can't say all of us, but a good amount of us were shielded from some of the things that our parents or grandparents and other adults around us um, were navigating, right? right? Because we were children. So there, you know, some adults who would obviously want to shield you from some of those things. And you're also a child, so you don't understand all of those things. So of course, it looks different from a child's perspective um, compared mm -hmm. to when you experience it yourself as an adult. Mm -hmm. And I would imagine that um, it's not necessarily things are unique to our experience, but I think, like you said, you said maybe it's a different style of it. Like the right. root of some of the issues, I'm sure other generations have faced, but we're facing them in a different way, right? Like um, our grandparents, maybe some of our parents, they also experience race-based trauma, right? right? But it probably looked different. Um, certain things were probably more common for them to see. It doesn't mean it wasn't traumatic um, or they were only able to deal with it in certain ways where we might have, you know, we have something like social media where we can express and share and create community with people who aren't right next door to us who right. are still experiencing similar traumas but also the racial trauma that we experience is obviously going to be different sometimes we're traumatized by things that happen on social media right and right. social media wasn't around for them so they didn't experience that um we didn't necessarily experience like things like not being able to use a certain water fountain right but right so um and it's not new the wealth thing we probably actually do make more money than some of our parents and grandparents were able to do or some of them weren't able to go to a college or a grad school or a law school um they didn't same opportunities but then we're also faced with things like our crushing student loan debt that right. they probably didn't have right it might be harder to get a house financially but it might have been harder for them to get a house because in their area or town it just wasn't allowed for them to buy a house or a yeah. certain house or in a certain area so right right and that's a good way of, of looking at it, like the different styles. And I think it's just developing over time and changing over time of what those hardships look like, what it's like being an adult for each of us and um, throughout, the gener throughout the generations. Um, I think part of me gets triggered when like older generations like to say that we're lazy and we whine and complain too much. But I'm like, I think it's just because y'all get to see it on social media. I think or also I think maybe part of it is maybe our generation has more freedom to be more expressive 
and yeah. of our feelings, of our trauma to say something, to speak up. And like you said, we do have access to social media to amplify um, those feelings and those discussions. Um, and so, I mean, I guess, yeah, if they were having the same feelings from similar situations, but they didn't have the opportunity to express it in the way that we can, I guess, it could come across to them like whining, when really it just might be they didn't have the same opportunity to express it. And maybe if they did, they would have, but maybe they just don't it that way. Right, right. Um, I want to switch to maybe a solution-driven question. What do you think is one thing, it doesn't have to be a lot, I know it's a lot of things that could help fix our issues, <laughs> but what do you think is something that could make adulting a lot easier for Black millennial women? Just one thing that you think that could alleviate some of the burden of being a being an adult? <laughs> um, I think us being more open to... Um, therapy helps a lot right because mm. um, like we talked about some of the things that we deal with as adults it's, it's not really new it might right. be in a different way but it's not really new um and so you have to deal with it you have to manage it you're going to have bills you're going to have to pay those bills um right. but how you deal with the stress that comes with that your reaction to it how you manage that mentally obviously would go a long way yeah. I also I think for me, um, something that would make it a lot easier, I would say equity. Uh, having equity across the board for Black millennial women. Uh, so not just equality, but having equity right. when it comes to our, our pay, when it comes to housing, when it comes to health care, when it comes to education, just having the equity in like with from the Black millennial woman experience could help us so much so that we don't like, we can process what we're feeling. We could deal with um, just doing every day-to-day -day thing that is required of an adult, where we don't have to fight these other barriers because we're black millennial women. And I feel like if we take away that portion of it, Maybe being an adult may not be as hard as it should be, but I think we have a systemic issue <laughs> because right. That was going to be my question. I was like, so do you think there's something we can do as far as, yeah. as far as getting that equity? Um, in, in a perfect world, the systemic issue would take a backseat. Would take a backseat, and we could do it ourselves. We we could be on a, a really good playing field as adults, but I do know that we have a systemic issue to face. But mm -hmm. um, as far as us as a community, as Black millennial women, um, I agree with therapy, but I also agree with just sometimes just taking it as a grain of salt. Like I know um, that we have these hardships. I know that we... Um, sometimes feel like we have to know the answers, but in all honesty, there's no guide. There's no real book. There's no real roadmap. Everything that you do as an adult is basically a grown-up child just trying to navigate through life. And when we look at it from that perspective is 
when we look at it through that perspective, then we understand that nobody really knows what they're doing. We're just trying to figure out this thing called life as best as we can. And as long as you do your best, then you shouldn't expect more of yourself. And no one else should expect more from you either. I would say it just makes me think of the word grace. Give yourself grace in adulting because adulting, a lot of times adulting sucks. And it sucks for all of us uh, for different reasons and different ways. Give yourself grace. Do what you can. Depending on the day, it's going to be more or less than you did the other day. But just do what you can do that day. Enjoy the present in the moment and give yourself grace. Yes, yes. So this is your reminder. Be patient with yourselves. No one really prepared us for this foolishness we call life. Take it one step at a time. The bills will be there along with the aches and pains. In between those moments, stop and chill. Smell the roses. We're all navigating in the middle of a pandemic, whether they like to believe it or not. Thanks for taking the time to listen to the So For Us podcast. Be sure to check us out on your favorite social media sites using the at So For Us podcast handle. Like, comment, leave a review, send us a trending topic you'd like us to discuss, and don't forget to hit the subscribe button. We'll talk to you soon in the best place that is So For Us.